This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. Well, thank you for having me here, and welcome from Remedy Church downtown Sheboygan. Uh, How many of you have been in the Sheboygan area your whole life? Okay, so Remedy is the old Walgreens. Okay, and how many, well, then the rest of you, Remedy is between the Wild Center and the library. This is the best way to explain it. And we've been there four and a half years, and in the last couple of years, as Andy mentioned, we began to build a relationship here with Word of Grace, and it's been such a blessing. Not only have you blessed us financially, but have really adopted us in. My wife and two boys are back there. We feel at home when we come here. It feels like a second home for us, and we're so thankful. Pastor Andy and and Pastor Derek and Stephen and Keith, they kind of adopted me in, and we, we share a lot of uh, leadership development stuff together, and as Andy said, we share the trek together. And it's amazing, and I, I wrote out, kind of outlined what I felt God wanted to, me to share today on Monday, Tuesday, and then on Thursday, I listened to Derek's teaching from last week. Anybody hear Derek's teaching last week? Okay, if you haven't, go online and, and listen to it. And I'll ask you the question, why do you do what you do? Because you have the greatest message on earth. Remember that? That's why we do it. Let's try that again. Because this is, we're going to do, do congregational family participation here. So why do you do what you do? Because we have the greatest message on earth. And we share that similar passion. And so I want to just show one story of what your partnership and what your support has meant to us and how God can use that. So let's show this video. The impact that Remedy has had on me, where do I start? I first came to Remedy while in recovery at a treatment facility and for drugs. I was tired of living the lifestyle that I was living with drugs and just just that whole life. I was just tired of it, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't grow up in a, in a church or anything like that, so I had no Christian background. I didn't know God. I didn't, didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I also found out that Remedy um, hosted some AA meetings, so I started coming to those, and part of my recovery was to do service work. So I started volunteering here at Remedy. So I came here, and like the minute I walked in the door, I was like, I know I'm home. Like, I knew it without a doubt. Every fiber of my being, I knew this was home to me. The only way I can I can explain that is just the the um, the peace that I felt when I here. Like I felt it then, like immediately when I walked in, and I still feel it to this day every time I walk in here. Like I know that this is where I belong. When I first started coming to Remedy, like I didn't I didn't know Jesus, and I didn't. 
if you add up all all the hours, <laughs> it would be days that I spent in Pastor Bob's office just asking questions about Jesus and people in the Bible and why I was feeling the things I was feeling. And um, I ended up finding out that I was developing an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's something that I've never felt before or experienced. And the people here were just amazing and and encouraging me and supporting me and answering a lot of questions <laughs> and just lifting me up. It's been amazing. I've had mentors here and in turn have been able to mentor other people. Remedy is, um, does a lot of mission work so we're not just in the church, we're out on the on the streets, meeting people, praying for people, just loving up people, our local businesses, and you know, we have a garden, and just not alone, just meeting people, just getting together with people, and just loving on them, and and sharing the love of Christ that's you know that's been given so freely to us that we get to just pour out to other people. It's, it's awesome. That's what Remedy does, and I would just say that, um, you know, that God has blessed me with a new family through Remedy, and I mean, what more could I ask for? You know, God promises us that He won't leave us as orphans, and I didn't have a mom or dad left, and God's promise came true. <laughs> you know, Remedy's my new family, and just truly blessed to be a part. part of a special offering that our denomination did on Pentecost to plant new churches and to bring the gospel. The remedy, that's why we're called what we are. That one word summarizes both who we are and what we're called to do. Jesus Christ is our remedy, and he wants us to bring remedy to the world. Why? Because we have the greatest message in the world. So again, thank you for having me here. And I love Pastor Andy, love the staff pastors here. I love Pastor Derek. I got to take him to his first Packers game. And he would, yeah. And, you know, I felt bad because he, he can only get Bucks tickets. But, uh, but I took him there, and, and he was like a kid in a candy store. When we were on, if you've been there on 172, where you start to pull into the, to the stadium, and the traffic's backed up. He was like, is this it? Is this it? Are we, are we in a traffic jam because of the Packer game? Is this it? I mean, he was everything all the way through. It was awesome. It was so fun. He's got his Bucks hat on and all that stuff. So anyway, he, uh, he sent me a text a while back and said, I need you to preach June 14th, two services. That's it. That was the text. And I was thinking, well, you know, I know Derek, and it didn't really bother me, and it was kind of funny, actually. I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I've got nothing to do on the 14th. You know, our congregation, we can just drink coffee, right, and sit around and talk all day. You know, sure, no big deal. We'll just handle it, and we'll come over here. And a part of me was thinking, well, who do you think you are? You need. I know what you need. You need a lot of stuff, Derek. And, but I hope he's listening to this next week. I love you, brother. 
Um, so who do, you, who do you think you are, though? Maybe we've had that where people have done something to us or said something to us, and we're like, who do you think you are? And that's a question I want to have for you today is who do you think you are? And I wonder if so often we might feel lost in life without direction or a clear sense of God's purpose for us because we don't really know who we are. Because when we know who we are and we know the why, then we'll know what to do. So who do you think you are? Well, if you are a Christian, if you have confessed to Jesus Christ that you are not perfect, that you've made mistakes, and you've asked for his forgiveness, then you are forgiven. Your slate is wiped clean. You are seen as pure and blameless before Father God. That's who you are. And if you're a Christian, if you've confessed with your words and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you've made him Lord of your life, say, I don't want to do this anymore on my own. I want to give my life to you, to give control of you, Jesus. Then we are an ambassador to God. An ambassador is the highest-ranking diplomat sent from one country to another to represent the leader of that country. You are the highest-ranking diplomat sent from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of this world representing the king, and that's who you are as a child of God. That's who you are. And if you're a Christian, you are a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are not made by what this world says or does about you. You're you're not made up by how other people act about you. Your identity is as a masterpiece. You are made by the master for his good purpose. That's who you are. And if you follow Jesus, which means that we're many Christs, if we follow Jesus, the truth of God says that we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. As Christians, as many Christs, we are ambassadors, we are masterpieces, we are overcomers, and what I want to talk about today is that we are salt and we are light. Jesus says we are salt and light. God has called us to be a divine change agent, a divine influencer. Pastor Jared talked about circles of influence last week. We are to be divine influencers in this world. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. That's a big, massively important statement. You are not just the salt of your community, your neighborhood. You're not just the light of the city, but you are the salt and light of the world. That's who you are. And when we know who we are, then we'll know what to do. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5.13. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the salt of the earth. And when Jesus spoke this, his listeners would have known that salt was the second most important commodity in the world. The sun, they believed, was number one. You needed the sun for everything, but salt was number two. It was so valuable because they didn't have the modern conveniences that we have today, the modern medicine that we have today. In fact, I've heard that in ancient Rome, people were often paid for their labor in salt. So at the end of the day, you'd work and you'd get salt. And that's where the saying, some of you may have heard, he's not worth his salt. It was that valuable. We're called to be a divine influencer, a divine change agent. That's who we are, a Christ-empowered influencer in our world. So I want to talk about some things that salt does. What does salt do? Salt preserves. It's a a preservator. It prevents things from rotting. 
If we are Christians, then we're called to be a divine preserver, to help people find that eternal life, to live forever with God in heaven, so that, as the saying goes, people don't rot in hell. That's who you are. That's who you are. Salt preserves, but salt also purifies. That's where we get the saying, it's like pouring salt into the wound. Yeah, it hurts, but it also brings about purification. It leads to healing. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of wounds in this world. Salt purifies. It, it allows healing to be brought. We, we are the salt of the earth. And salt also heals. It speeds up that healing process. And as Christians, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, we can be healing agents in a world where people have been hurt by situations, by things they've done, by things they haven't done, by illness, by whatever. We live in a broken world and we can be healing agents. Why? Because we are the salt of the earth and because we have the greatest message in the world. And salt also creates thirst. Saltiest popcorn I have ever had, horse and plow restaurant in Kohler. You come in and you sit down and they plop a basket of salt with popcorn sprinkled on top. It's nasty. But why? Why do they do that? Make you drink, right? Makes you thirsty. Go for the cheese soup instead. The croutons, the homemade, ooh, man, that's good stuff. But it makes you thirsty. It makes you thirsty. And as Christians, when we are so full of the transforming love of Christ, we will create a divine thirst in people. And they'll say, what is it about you? What is it about you? What do you have? Why are you so full of joy in the midst of this? I want what you have. Salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. I want you to imagine, I haven't been outside since about 8 this morning, but I want you to imagine winter just for a moment. And, and to yesterday and today it might be a little easier to imagine. And I know it's not even summer yet, but just for, with it, for a moment, for a moment, just just. Go with me here. So in your mind's eye, in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine winter, and I want you to look at your car, or I want you to look at other cars driving down the road. What do you see? What's on them? Salt, right? It's the gunk from the road. It's on there, and it's splashing all over, and it's on your windshield, and your windshield wipers are going, and you're pushing the spray, and then it runs out, and so your windshield wipers are just smearing stuff up, and you got to like, roll down your window and stick your head out, and parts of your body are freezing, falling out. Just nasty, nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. But, but salt melts. It can be 10 degrees below zero outside, and the roads are wet. The roads are wet because the salt melts. Salt melts. It's in the same way that we, with the warmth of the love of God, pouring through us can melt cold hearts and soften them to hear the things of God. Salt melts. And finally, salt seasons, brings out the natural flavoring in food. There's one translation of the verse that says, you're to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors in this earth. I love that. You're to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors in the world. You are the salt of the earth. You would say, okay, participation time. Let's say that. We're going to say that out loud three times, okay? It's a Trek reference, okay? Three times we need to say it out loud so that we can begin to believe it. Okay, so on count of three, I am the salt of the earth. You ready? Okay, one, two, three. 
I am the salt of the earth. We can do better than that. I am the salt of the earth. One more time. I am the salt of the earth. That is who you are. You are the salt of the earth. It preserves, it purifies, it heals, it creates a thirst for Christ, it melts hardened hearts, and it adds God flavor to a dull world. That is who you are. And the whole deal about being thrown out and trampled underfoot, when the salt lost its saltiness, it wasn't valuable anymore, they'd throw it out the front door, it got hard, it'd be like a sidewalk, and people just walked on it. It wasn't good for anything but to be trampled on. I don't want to be stepped on. I don't want to be stepped on. Because we have value in God's kingdom. What else are we? Jesus says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. You're going to see it up there. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. They see the good things you do, but they glorify the Father in heaven. I've read that in the first century Palestine, they'd have a lamp for the home. They'd have light switches like we do. And when they would go, rather than having to try to light it again, if they would leave their home, they would put a bowl over it with a little hole on top so that it could breathe, but so it would protect it from being blown out. And Jesus says, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. When, you, when you're in the house, you, know, you don't cover it up because you need the light to live by. And when we're in the kingdom of God, we want, we want the light to live by. We want others to have light to live by. And that, that light of Christ, it can't be blown out. The tomb is empty. It's, it's for eternity. And Jesus says, don't cover it up. Let it shine. Let it shine so that others might see what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. When it's dark in your home, it's easy to like trip and fall, right? Your spouse moves the <coughs> coffee table and you're getting up to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, you know, and you fall over. It hurts. It's hard to live in the dark. It's so much easier in the light because you can see, you can maneuver around. You can see where there's danger, where there's snares, where there's things that'll make you trip and fall. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And the world needs salt because it's an impure place. And the world needs light because there's darkness out there. Maybe we're feeling it in our own lives today. And when we know who we are, then we're going to know what to do. And because we are light, we don't run from the darkness. We see it as an opportunity to shine into it. And when we know who we are, we don't guard ourselves from the impurities of the world and lock ourselves off. Rather, we pour into it because it's an opportunity to add God flavoring to the world. Amen? There you go. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You are a Christ-empowered influencer that will make a difference. That is who you are. Now, we might say, I don't feel like salt and light. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Because that's who you are. Our perception may be, uh, that's not me. But the reality is, with Christ within us, that's who we are. It's so cool. I, again, I, I was writing this earlier in the week, and then I listened to Pastor Derek's teaching, and I thought, man, I preached that sermon two and a half years ago. And I thought, that is so cool because of what God is doing in the midst of his churches in Sheboygan County and in our area. And he's given a common vision to the pastors 
And I took it home, and my wife, Amy, I'm like, listen to this, listen to this. He must have been on our Facebook page, on our website, listening. No, no, no. God gave him that. He gave you that vision. He gave you that vision. Here's, here's ours. Just expand it a little bit. Here's our why, because we often talk so much about the why. Why do we do what we do? And at Remedy, our why is through the power of the Holy Spirit, God will grant Remedy Ministries, our people, influence, our circles of influence among ministries, among residents, business owners, employees, civic organizations, government leaders to bring about the kingdom of God to the downtown and where we live for God's glory. And that is what you're supporting. Thank you. Thank you. That's what we're in partnership to do. And knowing where God is leading you, leading word of grace, the words might be a little bit different, but God is doing that through you too. Because we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. We are kingdom influencers who shine into the darkness and that pour into the impurities of this world. It doesn't matter if we feel like it or not, that's who we are. Because as the light of the world, as the light of the world, we don't have to force ourselves to shine. In fact, I think it's harder to force ourselves not to shine. And as a Christian, because of what God has done, sending Jesus comes to us, dies, rises again, we have a spirit, we can have a spirit that is alive within us. And the old is gone and the new has come. A new life of peace, of joy, of hope, of love. Because what God has done for us is just a natural overflow. The light and the salt just pour out of us. Just let it shine. These two early Christians, Paul and Silas, part of their story can be found in the book of Acts. The actions of the early church. Acts 16. So in Acts 16, these two guys who have been miraculously transformed by Jesus are traveling around and they're telling everyone, wherever they go, about Jesus. Why? Because they got the greatest message in the world. And the religious authorities don't like what they're doing and so they tell them to stop. And Paul and Silas would be arrested and beaten over and over and over again, but they wouldn't stop. They just kept doing it. Why? Because they're light. They can't help but let the light shine. And so there's this one time when the religious leaders have Paul and Silas stripped, flawed, put into prison, and their legs were put in stocks. Not a good day. But it was worse. They were stripped in public. You getting this? That would be bad enough. They were flogged, which often meant being whipped 39 times with a whip that might have pieces of glass or pottery or stones embedded into it meant to tear the flesh to the point where bones and internal organs could be seen. They were then put in the dungeon with their legs put in stocks where they'd be spread so far apart that cramping would set in and be induced. And that was where they were. That's what happened. I doubt that they had much energy to make their light shine. to force their light to shine. But in Acts 16.25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. Because of who they were, they weren't forcing it. They were just letting their light shine. They were just adding God-flavoring to this prison. And the people were listening. And I can guarantee you, they did not have an emergency meeting at that point and say, okay, we got some unbelievers over there. What are we going to do? 
Uh, let's do a Bible study. The Bible hasn't been written yet. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, let's, let's, have a, let's start a prayer meeting. Uh, okay, all right, let's do that. Hey, you know what? Let's just sing songs. Yeah, let's sing songs. No, they just came. It just came out. What do you do? You just pray and sing. It just was a natural overflow of who they were. They didn't go through any of that. They just let their light shine and just let their salt be tasted. Or maybe, maybe a better way, maybe the right way to say it is that they let Christ's light shine through them. I want you to think of the moon at night. Maybe I'll take you back to winter just for a second. Think of it when the snow's covered the ground and the moon is full and it's shining so much that you can go out in the middle of the night and you can still see your way around. It's beautiful. It's cold, but it's beautiful. But is it, is it the moon that's technically shining? No. It's the sun shining. The moon is simply reflecting the sun. In the same way, that's what we do as the light of the world. We may not be bright on our own. Some of us may be dimmer than others, but we simply... Re- and that's okay. That's okay. Because we simply are called to reflect the light of God. And those around us say, wow, I can see it. I can see it. It's like reflecting right off of you. We let it shine. It's a natural overflow of, of what God has done in our lives, what he's doing through us. There's a, a prophet in the Old Testament. His name is Isaiah, a spokesperson for God. In Isaiah 60, verse 1, he says, Arise, shine, your light has come. Not your light will come. Not if you work really, really, really hard, you can force it to come. Not just when you're in the car and Caleb's on the radio and the Jesus fish is on the bumper. He says, no, it's already come. It has come. You are the light of the world. You just need to let it shine. Get the bowl off and reflect God's glory. We take the bowl off, whatever that bowl is, whatever we've created, and we just let it shine. Because that is who we are, not just on Sundays, not just here, but anywhere all the time, because the old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Because we are new creations in Christ. We are the light of the world. That is who we are. That is who you are. And that's what Paul and Silas did. So in verse 26, it says, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, All at once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. So God shows up with an earthquake. Such a nice touch. God is so awesome. And and the doors are open and the jailer knows that he'd probably be publicly executed if he had let the prisoners escape. So he's ready to take his life. And in verse 28, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're still here. We're all here. That's Crazy. They had the earthquake. That's crazy enough, but they, they stayed. They stayed. I mean, God breaks me out of prison. I am out of there. You know, guard, you are on your own, brother. That's whatever. You're the guy who put me in the legs, shackles, stuff, spread, cramping, you know, I, enemy. And it's so tempting for us to do that, isn't it? Just to run from the darkness. It's so tempting to look at people who are hurting and go, darkness? But darkness isn't something that we run from. Not when we have the greatest message in the world. Darkness isn't something we run from. We shine our light into it. 
And impurities aren't something to run from. We don't cut ourselves off from that and say, I just need to get around a bunch of Christians because I, I can't deal with that. No, it's something that we pour into. They stuck around and they said to this guy that they could have wanted to see harm, hey, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We're still here. And they showed this guy love. That's being salt and light. They showed love for this guy, their enemy. And, and don't... Let, in the name of Jesus, don't let Satan's lies creep into your head that says, I don't know enough yet to be salt and light. I need to be more mature to be salt and light. No, no, no. No. The old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We are salt and light. When we care, we can minister to people in such a profound, amazing way. And that's what Paul and Silas did. They simply loved this guy. Hey, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We're all here. We're all here. And it's amazing what can happen when we see darkness as an opportunity to shine. When we see impurities as a, an opportunity to sprinkle some God flavoring into. When we see them as opportunities rather than threats. So we don't have to force our light to shine. We simply let the goodness of God shine through us and into the darkness. And that salt and light living, it changes lives. It changes lives. It changed Tony's life. It changed my life. So Paul and Silas call, hey, dude, we're still here. And then in verse 29, it says, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Boom. Yeah. Incredible. The jailer said, I have seen your life. I've seen your faith. I've seen your unwavering passions. I've seen your light. I've tasted your salt. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want what you have. You've created a thirst within me. I've seen you worship when you shouldn't have been worshiping. I've heard you preach when you were told not to preach. I've seen your God act. Now I want it. I want it. What must I do to be saved? And here's what they said. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus that he forgives sins and gives eternal life. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. If you're hearing that for the first time today, he wants to forgive you. He wants to take your life because he's got, he's our creator. He knows he wants to give us life and life to the fullest. And man, when we run our own life, we just mess it up eventually anyway. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And when we are saved, we are God's masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared for us long ago to do. We believe in him. We are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, by the testimony of God's church. We're an overcomer. We believe in him and we are an ambassador. We are the highest ranking diplomat, the highest ranking diplomat sent from the kingdom of God to this world to share You will become the salt of the earth, the light of the world, when you believe in him, and you will never, ever be the same again. Amen. Amen. When you know him, not when we just go to worship, but when we know him, you will be salt and light. You can't stop it. It just happens. And when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You have been called to be divine change influencers in the darkness and the impurities of this world. Don't 
run from them. They're opportunities to shine in and to pour into. And here's how the story ends. There's some scholars who believe that this single event brought about the birth of a whole church in the city of Philippi. Two guys, Paul and Silas, singing some hymns, praying. The jailer and his whole family are converted and it brings about the birth of a whole church. Not just a church community like this. I'm talking about the whole city. Two people. Yeah, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a Christ-empowered influencer and your life will make a difference. I'd be honored if I could pray for you. Would you pray with me? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.